Hello, you're listening to a Zen Studies Society podcast. To learn more about our community of Zen Buddhist practitioners, please visit zenstudies.org. Good afternoon, everybody. Please turn towards me. Thank you. Otherwise, you'll get a crick in your neck. It's wonderful to see you all here on this extraordinary and rare opportunity for a group of people to gather and do this subtle and also very extremely difficult practice. Rohatsu being the most difficult session of the year. I'd like to just take a moment and to to appreciate what's happening right here now. A moment of silence. Let's have some space. It's so quiet here, so rare. And appreciate the color of light constantly changing. A time for us to relax. Right now, listening to a Dharma talk, it's time to experience deep Zen. Relax and open the body. That's so much more important than anything I could say to you today. Zazen is very hard work and we want to be relaxed when we're doing it, but because we're working hard, we get tight and tension builds. So it's good to have these times during session when we work in the opposite direction and let go. So it's good to meet all of you. I'm, my name is Chimon. Just a few things for those of you that don't know me. I lived here uh, from 1990 to 93 and was a student of Edo Roshi's after studying with him regularly at Shoboji for a few years. And then in 1993, I left and I studied with Daido Luri for a couple of years. And I guess I was looking for a teacher that I, I felt sampa with. And uh, I met Tony Packer. I did a few retreats at her beautiful place. And I love doing Zen that way also. It's just, you just sit. That's all there was, was sitting. And then the talks and interaction between the people. To me, the samadhi felt pretty much the same. 
now I study with a Christian, and the samadhi feels pretty much the same. It's hard to quantify these things. So, uh, in the late 1990s, I, on the recommendation of some friends of mine, I began studying with Roshi Kennedy, who was a Jesuit, Jesuit priest, and I don't have a Christian bone in my body. I am basically an atheist. I mean, that's basically my default position. And then Zen kind of knocks me like out of that and like towards some kind of religious feeling. And I say, okay. Times I felt that God was coursing through my body and yelling at me, I am here. This is me. But that's just not my, my nature to remain in that state for, for very long. I come back to, well, you know, if, the, if you're here, what happened? To, what about the Holocaust? So that's my, my natural point. But um, there were things about Roshi Kennedy that, that drew me to him. And like with Tony Packer or any other place, the actual sitting, in fact, someone asked Roshi Kennedy, do you have any trouble mixing your Zen with your Christianity? And he said, only when I open my mouth. <laughs> and in fact, he and I come at Zen Buddhism from two different places because he's a Christian and I'm basically an atheist. So the way that we speak about our Zen experiences is different. For me, it's essentially about emptiness. That's kind of the, the root, the foundation. For him, I don't know what it is. <laughs> it's, uh, he doesn't like to explain things. But I don't think it's that. So he installed me as a sensei in 2013. And since then, I'm helping out at a small zendo called the New Moon Zendo. We named it the New Moon Zendo because you can't see the new moon. But it's very fresh. And that was a name that Bernie and Marsha Spitz and I came up with one time. And uh, some of you, a couple of you may rem remember them. They were very involved here. And they, uh, as they became too advanced in years to run the Zendo, they passed it on to me. We meet in a Unitarian church in uh, Ridgewood, New Jersey on Monday nights and do a week-long session once a year. And the last year we did it here, which was, everyone was really deeply moved by the place, and hopefully that will continue.
So a few years ago, I felt that uh, a session at DBZ would do me some good. And uh, so I, I signed up for a session and came and I was really, uh, really deeply touched by the, the warmth that people showed to me and Shinge was so welcoming and thank you, thank you very much. And, you know, from having lived here and have, having studied with Edo Roshi and from having known many people and stayed in touch with many people who were practicing here when I was, I, and just from the, the way this place is, I, I feel deep roots here. So it's really, uh, it's wonderful to be back. And of course, this is a uh, extraordinarily beautiful place. A... Um, a mandala, as, as I understand it, is a uh, physical manifestation of spiritual energies. So there is the Daibusatsu mandala. And this includes the, the building. And this building is a teaching in itself. And the grounds and the lake, the forest, the animals. The carpenters, the stonemasons. the people that built this place. And then all the people that did the repairs over the years. It keeps the plumbing going. Whether they're Buddhist or not. And all the people over the years that practiced here. People who gave so much of themselves, like you are now. And then they moved on. As you will. And we're all creating this Daibosatsu mandala together. So, Roshi Kennedy is advanced in years, and I thought that he would like to see this place because he studied in, he taught in Japan, actually. He was a Jesuit and uh, taught English and baseball and uh, also studied Zen with uh, Kohen Yamada Roshi. 
so he had a, a deep appreciation for Japanese culture. And uh, he's retired. He's living in a retirement Jesuit retirement community. And I thought, you know, especially with COVID and everything, you know, it's been pretty isolated. I thought it would be nice for him to come up here and uh, see the place, get him out of the Bronx. And uh, so I brought him up, and it had a, a very deep impression on him. And he talked it up. So a few months later, they brought up five more Jesuit brothers to see this place. So this is another aspect of the Daibosatsu Mandala. And Roshi Kennedy wants to come back. I hope he will. All these things interact in ways that we can't understand and support us. Make this practice and this mind possible. And when the practice is done, the mandalas arise. Without the practice, there wouldn't be any mandala. So Kohen Yamada Roshi was a grade school friend of Sohan Roshi. And they were like lifetime friends. They moved into Zen Buddhism together. So in this mixing of Roshi Kennedy with the Daibosatsu Mandala, I feel that there's some of Soen and some of Yamada mixing also in, the, in this space. Yamada was uh, Roshi Kennedy's hard teacher. So all of these deep connections are combining in all these different ways among all of you, with all the people that you practice with over the years. So Rohatsu, we come to session with an idea in our mind of what Zen practice is, what we're going to experience. 
And Rohatsu burns all of this away. Through the relentless coming back over and over to the cushion. We get to points where we really can't do it anymore. We can't concentrate. We can't stay awake. Our body is in pain. At these times, Zazen is not working. We are becoming Zazen failures. We want to leave. And this is actually a very auspicious and fertile place to get to when we just can't do it anymore. This is the whole problem, is that we're trying to do something. This is karma. Karma is thinking and action that come from attachment. And when we're sitting with the idea that we're going to achieve something, accomplish something, attain something that we want, this is karma. And karma leads directly to suffering. Karma is suffering. Karma is the embodiment of suffering. So when our zazen is no longer working, something that we can do is just forget it. Forget about it. Stop trying. What are you trying to do? The Heart Sutra says there's nothing to attain. Do we just read that and forget about it? Or is there something being communicated there that can help us. So in the 10th century in China, a Zen monk asked Kyorin, what is the meaning of bodhidharmas coming from the West? 
that wide, wide open question. And Kyoran said, sitting long and getting tired. Sechō wrote a poem on, for that koan, as he did for all the koans in the Blue Cliff Record. One, two, and tens of hundreds of thousands take off the muzzle and set down the load. What is this load? This load is our karma. And when we're sitting, trying to become enlightened, this is a, a karmic load. Would I be able to have a glass of water? I get very thirsty. Thank you. So this may be something that you know, this is something that needs to be worked out with a teacher because sometimes in Zen training, it's you know you just keep on bearing down and bearing down and bearing down. And I used to practice that way. And but there's another thing that you can do when your zazen stops working, and this is to set take off the muzzle and set down the load. Forget about it. Stop trying. Stop trying to do something. Just be here in the present moment, sitting in the zendo. If you're in pain, just feel your pain. And there are times, and you know, hopefully not too many times, but there are times when the pain gets strong enough that that's our reality. That's all we can do is just feel. Yeah. But other times we're just mildly uncomfortable. Feel your body as it is. 
Fill your mind as it is. Feel your emotions as they are. Just watch your thoughts. Hear the sounds in the zendo. Even a quiet zendo has sounds. I have tintinitis, and this morning I was having a wonderful time listening to my tintinitis. I never listened so closely to it before. It does all kinds of interesting things. There's a low one. It goes... And as I listened to that, suddenly I felt an opening. A sense of delight. So what happens when we sit and open to the, this present moment like that without any intention, without trying to achieve anything? Our karma falls away. There's no more karma. We're not trying to do anything anymore. There's no more volition. There's no more grasping. And we move into a, a deeper state, a state of non-attachment. And this is what Buddha is telling us. We're suffering because we are attached, because of his word was thirst. Our constant thirsting, including for enlightenment. So this is so good to do, especially in the middle of session, because we've built up all of this joriki. There's so much energy in the zendo. And we've purified ourselves with our dedicated and strenuous sitting. And then to let go. Experience the present moment. At that point, we're very susceptible. Our heart is soft, as Ada Roshi would say. Very sensitive. Anything could happen. Small insights. We're very deep ones. Because we're open.
The falling away of attachment, the experience of clarity, that comes from samadhi in zazen, and the joy in living that comes from this. This is such a wonderful thing. And this is what we want. This is why we take a week-long vacation and pay $600. Instead, we meet the Rohatsu monster who says, Samadhi, forget it. Peace of mind, forget it. Cessation of suffering, forget it. So at that point, we may drop the whole samadhi-grabbing, enlightenment-seeking agenda that we brought here, and take off the muzzle and set down the load, put down the burden of our karma, and just be open to what is. And when we do this, eventually our ability to practice the way that we practice will come back. But it will be different because we're not grasping anymore. When we give up our ambition, we become like Kyogen, a student of Isan, 9th century China, who studied and studied and practiced and practiced and was not able to attain insight. So he just gave up the whole program and went and took care of a gravesite. Just keeping the gravesite clean. No agenda. 
But those years and years of practice were still working in him. And one day he heard that sound of the stone hitting the bamboo. And it was like me suddenly listening to my thin tinnitus. Same kind of thing. The most ordinary sound. He was completely open. Completely present. And he had a very deep experience just from this sound. So Rohatsu, it burns away our karma. It burns away our agenda. So when we're suffering, this is part of the process. It's good for us. When we have to give up our program because we can't do it anymore. It's good for us. And then we become very sensitive. Like Kyogen. His enlightenment was completely unexpected, unplanned, unsought. It just happened. So during this session, there will be many small openings, sun realizations of the perfection of something very ordinary. Or a deep sense of the marvelousness of each person here. And all of these openings are so important because we bring this back to our daily life. It teaches us to look and to listen and be aware of what's going on and to listen to people. That that's where the, a happy life is, is to experience what's happening right now. The session teaches us so, about that so much. And then other times we may experience a deep opening like Kyogen. And that's harder to bring back to our daily life.
or even samadhi that goes very deep. The deep joy that we feel. So many times after a session, there would be the gathering at the end of session, and I, I would be so happy. And then through talking to people and all the stuff and all the karma that, that gets riled up, and it would be completely gone. And it was sad to lose this sense of the perfection of being. How do you bring that into your life? For me, the key is mindfulness. Just to be present to what is. We can't try to bring anything of session into our life. We have to just be present. And as we do session after session, gradually through just being present as we turn to our daily life, this sense of the there was a word that uh, Edo Rocha used not immaculate something like that the no no not that but that's that's another thing impeccable I think that was it impeccable the impeccable quality of this human existence bleeds into our regular working life and interactions through being mindful, present every moment. So let's give ourselves to this precious, wonderful, demanding Rohatsu session. Let's give it everything that it needs in order for it to do its very deep work on us. This has been a Zen Study Society podcast. If you found it to be of interest, please consider making a donation by visiting zenstudies.org slash donate. Thank you for listening.